Welcome to the Give Me Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Hernandez. Each week, we present material read at GMF's monthly live show, held the first Sunday of every month at Lost Weekend Video in San Francisco, California. On today's episode, we have a piece by comedian Natasha Muse. At the crime-themed GMF, she told the story of the consequences of a life of theft in Acting the Part. When Jennifer got out of jail, the first thing she did was watch her father die. In fairness to her, he had a coming, and he had asked for it. And in fairness to accuracy, the very first thing Jennifer did when she got out of jail was to step out into the weak sunshine of a Fresno December and scream her own name into the gray sky. But in fairness to you, dear listener, we should back up this train a little without getting off track. Yet, since life is not a fairness wheel, we won't go very far. (laughs) So, yeah, it's mostly sad. It was summertime, and Jennifer was still young. She had just started shoplifting a few months ago, and she was already great at it. Honestly, she was a little disappointed in how quickly it became mundane. All the excitement of shoplifting was gone, stolen by her own expertise. Sure, it was still fun. Sure, the price was right. Well, it was okay. She made a few bucks selling off her overstock. Who couldn't use a pack of discount condoms or a partially eaten pint of Ben and Jerry's? Or a box of Frosted Flakes? They're pretty good. (laughs) A bottle of Simple Green was liquid gold. You could rest assured a stick of sure wouldn't leave you sweating for cash. And sure, she still had a little rush as she slipped the nail polish into her pocket, but the bright blue bottles had clicked gently against each other only three times before they settled into her jacket, and her pulse had quieted by the second. It was good, though, being calm. Well, it was practical, anyway. You had to be calm to shoplift. It was all about being in a moment, but not the moment, meaning you couldn't be in the reality of you shoplifting. Instead, you had to be you leaving the store empty-handed and angry they didn't have what you wanted, or empty-handed and mad at your boyfriend, or empty-handed and embarrassed you forgot your wallet. Apparently, the trick was to have your hands empty and your heart filled with something sad. Like her dad would point out, it's very similar to acting. Although she also heard that the best actors keep their hands busy and their minds empty, so there was a little bit of a conflict there. (laughs) Anyway, the two seemed close enough, like the same sides of different coins. They all trade in the same currency, which is that which I call the deceitful skills of life, Dad would say, among which include lawyering, teaching, parenting, in addition to the aforementioned acting, and of course the morally defensible, useful, and practical skill of necessarily fulfilling an obligatory employment of subterfuge and underhandedness in accordance with the natural laws of ecology, superseding the artificial laws of mankind and his economy. Dad liked to dress up the word thievery. But it was time for Jennifer to move on to the next step and move into a higher tax bracket for the family. It was time for some advanced level shit. She called her brother Charles. She hated to do it, though. Calling was more passé than passé, as they say. (laughs) But she didn't want this convo on record. Say what you you people want to about people talking to people on the phone. (laughs) At least... (laughs) At least it doesn't leave you both with a transcript... 
transcript of your nefarious plans. Whoa, Jenny, she thought. Nefarious? You're getting ahead of yourself. You remember what Dad always said. When you're ahead of yourself, you're a body of somebody else. (laughs) She wasn't sure what that meant exactly, but they all laughed when he said it. Maybe they were just being nice. Or maybe it was the thick piece of plastics and and levels of bureaucracy firmly separating him from everyone else, which made any life advice he had to give so ironic it was anemic and so sad it was impossible to do anything but chuckle. Anyway, Jennifer's brother Charles always acted like he was in a movie. He answered his phone no differently. This better be good. This is better than good. Jenny? What's up, Chuck? That would be vomit, little sister. <laughs> I didn't, that was Chuck who wrote that. Uh, you ready to save Dad? Criminal activity, or whatever you wanted to call it, could be rewarding. More lucrative than low-level acting, but you had to keep a lower profile than a bad plastic surgeon. <laughs> You had to keep a lower profile than a bad plastic surgeon. It might be the best line in the story, so just enjoy that. If you were really good at thievery, no one would ever know that the theft had even happened, let alone that there was a thief involved in the first place. That had to be the main difference between actors and her. Unless you consider the fact that the best acting you ever saw you probably thought was real. Anyway, things happened fast. They were in it for the big haul. One last fix to fix their future. Jennifer was determined to get that man out of that damn institution and let him be free. free. The jimmy was jigged and their timing was perfect. They crept warily through warehouses where they held clandestine meetings. Lines were written on paper, committed to memory, and then burned. Directors, I mean, directions were staged. But the plan was simply too complicated for its own good, and they didn't have enough time to go all over all the details proper, properly. Somewhat reminiscent of your humble narrator. <laughs> Everything unraveled and was easier said than done. Easier done than done well. Shit hit the fan, and that fan rolled downhill into a bigger pile of shit. <laughs> Jenny and Chuck were in over their heads and the reviews were not good. And on opening night, when the house lights went up, everyone in the audience was wearing blue. (laughs) A few months in jail weren't so bad. Jennifer was still young. And honestly, she was a little disappointed in how quickly it became mundane. But she was glad to be out. Her brother, Chuck picked her up in his second-hand sedan with a cigarette dangling from his lips the way cigarettes dangle from lips, precariously. (laughs) She slid in and sat on the edge of the seat. What's up, Chuck? Puke. He pushed the car into drive, and and it responded with a chunk. How's Mom? Well, I named my car after her. What? Why? Well, she's tired, beat up, used, and looks like shit, but you fill her up with the right liquid, and she still works. Chuck grinned, obviously pleased with himself. How's, how's dad? The same, but worse. You didn't name anything after him? Charles put the car back in park with another loud ch-chunk. I think the only thing I'll be buying that's getting his name is a headstone. 
I guess if he gets a headstone of himself, he'll need the body of somebody else. <laughs> Chuck guffawed. We tried, though, huh, Jenny? Well, we tried to buy him some time and just ended up losing a bunch of our own. Well, come on, Mom's waiting for us at the hospital. Let's get there and get this over with. He stepped on the gas, but the car just revved up and went nowhere. Charles smiled at her apologetically and put it in gear. They drove in silence, but inside her head, Jennifer just kept screaming, Daddy! You can find Natasha online at natashamuse.com and on Twitter at natashamuse. For news and more, check out givemefiction.net, at GMF Show on Twitter, and facebook.com slash givemefiction. You can email us at gmfshow at gmail.com and donate to the show through PayPal at the same address. You can buy tickets to Give Me Fiction at gmfshow.eventbrite.com and find past episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'm online at ivanhernandez.net and on Twitter at ivan underscore Hernandez. The Give Me Fiction podcast is produced by Will Scoville. You can listen to his radio drama podcast, Tales from the Swan Hotel, at soundcloud.com slash tenderindustries. Our theme song is provided by Power Pyramid. You can check out more of their music at powerpyramid.bandcamp.com. This has been a presentation of Give Me Fiction.